This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. Welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I want to thank you guys for tuning in again today. I've got some exciting stuff to go over with you. And uh, this podcast is going to be going out to my coaches out there. Uh, I want to teach you some of the things that I've learned along the way that I think could be helpful to you and that I think could help you to to, to really grow. And um, I can't tell you how many times I've committed some of these mistakes and how many times I really messed up here. So my, my thought with this is to just share it with you and then as you're going through your week and you're coaching other people or maybe you're you know a client listening to this and you know you're you're having interactions with your coach um, maybe these are things that you can see uh, going on in y'all's relationship or uh, for again for my coaches out there going through this maybe you can see this in some of the interactions that you have with your clients and you can improve them because ultimately my goal with this show is to help people to understand fitness more to, to get a deeper understanding of coaching to get a deep understanding of strength conditioning as a whole and what that looks like and um again we're going to go and jump to the show but before we do as always i want you to go and head over to itunes leave me a five-star rating review um tell us tell us what you like about the show and what kind of guests that you would like to have on and then on top of that i want you to take a screenshot on your phone post it on your instagram story and then tag me in it i am at coach cody smith on instagram I always ask you to do that because I just think it's super cool to see who the show is reaching and what you're getting out of it. What sort of insights, what sort of revelations are you getting that you can go and you can either share with people or, or use with your own you know, specific journey through this thing that we call fitness. So uh, again, post that on your story and then go give us a five-star rating review. That always helps us give us a little more, a little more punch when we reach out to people to get on the show. I mean, we've had some amazing guests over the years. We've had, you know, people like Marcus Philly, James Fitzgerald, Noah Olson, uh, my mentor, Cody McBroom, Jason Phillips. We just had some amazing people on here. And uh, if you haven't listened to any of those episodes, make sure to go ahead and go back in the, the history of the show and look at all these different interviews. They're just pure gold in all of those. But, you know, the more ratings and reviews we have, the more listens, downloads that we have, the more people that know about this, the more clout we have in the industry to, to get guests on just like that and to keep them coming back. So, uh, again, post that on your story and then go ahead and head to iTunes, give that rating review. And then without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump to the show today. So we're going to jump into 13 coaching mistakes and, and really how you can avoid them. These are different things that have come up, things that I've read about over the years and uh, just things that I've taught with my coaches. You know, I mentor a ton of coaches. I've got my own employees here and uh, uh, a lot of people reach out and ask questions pretty often. And uh, these are things that have come up and, and, and essentially things that I've worked through. So I just kind of went down and, and wrote down some thoughts. And um, a lot of this is going to piggyback off of things that I've learned over the years. And um, especially something recently I just got done reading, um, uh, basically going through all the stuff that Brett Bartholomew puts out. He's a great coach, um, great guy, puts out tons of content. And um, I probably should reach out to him and see about getting him on the show. But um, anyway, anyhow, went ahead and, and, and read through this stuff. And, and this is kind of a compilation of all those things. So I wrote down some ideas. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to go through this, okay? So uh, coaching mistake number one, focusing on your agenda only, okay? Uh, again, coaches, focusing on your agenda only. Our clients are not, are not here to work for us, okay? They are not here to work for us. They are here to work with us. I'll say it again. Our clients are not here to work for us. They are here to work with us. So we got to remind ourselves every day before we go into the gym, before we take you know, we step into the floor for our first session or we, we greet our first client. 
before you know we start any of that stuff remind ourselves of this they're here to work with us we're here to coach them not tell them what to do and not to just boss them around so we want to make sure that we want to address our clients with conviction okay we're not trying to seek complete control uh, this is really important really with any athlete that you work with like you know that are that are coming here and paying us um, we got to reserve our our harsh tones um, for when a, for when you know one of the clients aren't doing things that we need to do or they're act, acting out and, and causing a disturbance in the gym and stuff like that um, but we can't just show force all the time we can't just boss our, our clients around um, what what you will say and the type of you know strides that you can make with them in their fitness is going to start to lose their effect um, we have to be willing to release our agenda we got to be really flexible and that's hard to really understand because you know as a coach you start to think that you're you know you're an authoritative figure and that um, it's it's you know just do what i say don't ask questions and that's just not the case and i can think of a client right now that pretty much daily asks me why why are we doing things why are we doing this why are we doing that and and, and sure like i could be like no, just shut up and do it because i said so uh, but will I be the most effective coach to her? Will she continue to listen to me? Will she continue to grow with me and pay me for my services and, and really have buy-in on what we're doing? Of course not. So I explain it to her and I make sure that I'm coaching her along the way and not just making her bend to my will all the time. Uh, and that's something that's really hard for coaches to understand is that, you know, we spend so much time in the books. We spend so much time trying to grow that we often forget that you know we're coaching with our people. We're not just bossing them around and telling them what to do. So um, we can't focus on our agenda only. Start to focus on what their agenda is. What do your clients want? Ask deeper questions. Get to know them. It's super important. Okay. All right. Mistake number two, and I, and I see this a lot with um, a lot of my my new coaches and, and and coaches that are just super new to the space. Always wanting to be the expert. Um, this is something that we want to remember is that it, it's super easy to, to, to just get super excited with all the science stuff. And we want to, you know, we want to show them how smart we are and that, um, you know, we're the expert and that we know everything. And um, I'm gonna be honest with you, our clients don't care about that, right? They don't, they don't want to know that we're the expert. They just want to know that we care, right? And, and this is a quote that I want to kind of share with you guys is that uh, excellence is self-evident and so is bullshit. Right? It's probably one of the best quotes I've ever heard. Uh, and sure, it's crude, but you can't deny it. You can't deny the, the validity of that. And um, I can just think back to early on when I first started coaching. I, I loved using big, complex words. And I, I loved talking about physiology and all these different studies that I was reading. And, and, and you know, as I look back at it now, I can think of many times when like, I would just listen to, you know, watch my clients kind of glaze over. Uh, but, you know, of course, I needed to finish my sentence and, and get it out. Um, and, and it's true. Like I found science, I found things in programming and nutrition. Like I just found them so fascinating. I just thought it was so cool how, what I would read in a textbook, uh, to, to see it come to life and, and what sort of, you know, progressions it can offer a person. And, um, and, and, and that's really hard. And we always want, and you know, whether we want to admit it or not, coaches want to be validated. We want to be affirmed. We want to show how smart we are. And, um, I think as as I grow, as I grew as a coach, as I grew as a person, really, um, I started caring more about whether my clients just thought I cared, and less about how smart my clients thought I was. And 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 what's the the weirdest thing about that is that as I focus more on getting to know them, 
and um, talking to them and, and really focusing on like this this podcast should have been called like how to get buy-in but um, when I started focus more on like just letting my clients know that I cared about them um, things started to change and they actually thought I was smart anyways just because of uh, really anything I said it didn't really matter anymore because they knew that they trusted me they knew that I had their best interests at heart um, and, that, and that's something really hard to um, it, it takes time to develop and it takes patience but it, as a coach we have to make sure that we do that we have to make sure that we focus on showing them that we care and less about us being an expert alright number three wanting to be their friends right so there, there's a difference between having a good relationship with your clients and wanting to be like their best friends like you you really and this is something that I, I've actually come to that realization over the past few years is that when you know if you're going like there, there there's something to be said about you know going and maybe having a beer with a client or um, you know just just being relational and, and, and sharing with them things and insights in your life too but once you start to blur that line of you know coach to, to friend you start to lose some of the buy-in because now you know they, they start to respect you a little less they start to think like well what is my money going for what am I um, what am I really coming here to hang out with them you know like sure I like to hang out with them but should I pay them anymore <clears throat> and um, there's something that I really I can remember early on in my coaching career that I would go to everybody's events and I would spend all this time with them and we would drink beers and I would invite them over to my house and um, all these things get, you know just kept kind of festering to where I had a bunch of friends and, and not a bunch of clients and you know some would argue that's a good thing but I would I would offer you this is that when you spend so much time being their friends you you really start to relinquish your ability to help them as uh, a coach and with a lot of these people I wanted to coach them to be better in their fitness right and and uh, blurring that lines made it to where they were less willing to listen to what I had to say and less willing to accept my advice because I lose credibility and I can think of you know with my wife and I for as an example like she's not trying to hear what I have to say I, it doesn't matter I've been coaching for 10 years and and, and got hundreds and hundreds of clients um, to her I'm, I'm her husband and uh, I don't have that clout and that authority to um, get her to buy in on some of the things that I think about inside of training uh, and what's super funny is that when it comes from somebody else she's more than willing to listen and it, it took me a while to kind of get over that but <clears throat> this kind of goes in line with like you know I'm her husband right we we have a you know a deep friendship a deep relationship and um, that coaching relationship just isn't gonna fly very well <coughs> excuse me isn't gonna fly very well um, because I you know we had that sort of relationship so coaches out there create a relationship show your clients you care <clears throat> get involved with what they care about but don't blur that line with with um, being too close of friends because you will start to lose they will start to devalue your ability to coach them okay all right number four force feeding guys I can't tell you how many times I try to force feed somebody something because we're always playing this line as coaches between what a client needs and what a client wants right and a lot of times as coaches we know all the science we know all the you know the volume intensity frequency you know progression this progression that intervals rest period like we know all this stuff right but when we when we force feed um, our clients exactly what we want them to do in their program or in their training every single day and and, and they don't want to do it they'll really start to not listen anymore and they, they, you start to find that there's like a lackluster um, effort being applied to your you know quote unquote uh, perfect program and 
the uh, in my opinion, guys, and this is something you probably should write down too, is that the best program out there in the entire world is the one that the person believes in the most, right? So again, the best pl- the best program out there is the one that your client believes in the most. So even if the program is, in your opinion, less than ideal or it's not as perfect as it could be and there's some things missing, just because your client buys into it and does it to a T likely means that they're going to get great great results from it. So this is something to remember is that um, we can't force feed people what we want them to do. We want to get them to buy in. We want to get them to, to listen to our advice. And sure, we want the progressive overload and the volume and all the science and mumbo jumbo, but we also want them to get better. And, um, you know, maybe they're not getting better to what our expectations are. Um, it doesn't matter what our expectations are. Sure, there's a piece of it. What really matters is what expectations they have of you and the results that they want. And as long as there's clear communication there, um, a lot of times I've found that you don't have to force feed somebody and you can play that line between uh, what they enjoy and what makes them the most happy and what will actually push them forward. Okay, number five. And this is, especially right now during COVID-19 season, something that a lot of coaches got to remember is that we can't swim in our own social biases. Okay, so I just got out of call with somebody that I had today, um, a, a good friend of mine here locally owned the gym. And uh, what we were speaking about was, you know, political biases and, you know, um, just, you know, all these different things. I've taken a hard stance over the past few months to where, you know, sure, I've got my own beliefs and I've got my own things that I believe in, but um, that's that's my social and political bias. I can't go and spew that everywhere because my job as a coach is to, to make them better and to lead them, <clears throat> not to spew what I believe to be true socially all over them. So I have to be very careful with that. So, but this goes a little bit deeper. This goes to, you know, how a person dresses, whether they have tattoos or not, whether they... Um, find social value, social media to be valuable or not. Um, you know, whether they, what, you know, the, the, the type of haircuts they want, like we can't go and think how we think socially over things and spew it all over them. It's just not our place. So, um, something to think about here is that we can't go and spew how we feel or, or, or view the world socially or, you know, really politically all over them because we again we lose buy-in we lose their ability to want to listen to us and want to kind of um, continue to follow us with some of the things that they want to do and, and coming to do our programs every single day all right number six letting your clients emotions and moods dictate the session any coach who's been in the game for any period of time has probably ran into this situation, right? We, we, we get to this place to where, you know, our clients come in the door, there's there's no life left in their body, they're, they're you know, they're just really moody, they're, they're just complaining nonstop and just kind of going through the motions, their warm-up sucks, their mobility sucks, um, everything <clears throat> really is a struggle, right? And, and you're just kind of struggling through it. I mean, in this situation, I've done things in the past, and coaches, you can do the same thing, Literally restart your session. Try to uh, encourage your clients to, to spruce up. Try to tell them try to tell them that you know this 60 minutes is for them, and that you know it's here for them to grow and to expand as a person and to, to move towards their goals, and and to, to simply do something as simple as like walking out the door and walking back in. A lot of times can really really help a person. So that's a place to start. But the main thing here too is that you have yourself an opportunity to teach your clients grit. Because here's the deal, 
life is never going to be perfect for your client. Today is not going to be much different from tomorrow. Like, sure, you might have a little bit better of a day, but the same adversities that a person sees is going to come back. It's going to come back and it's going to bite them in the butt. And um, making sure that we teach them to push through times like this and to do it with a good attitude, to work their adversity muscle the same way they do their, the muscles in their body is a huge deal. So when you find yourself in this situation to where your clients are in a bad mood and you know they just have a terrible attitude, this is an opportunity for you to either A, completely lose credibility with your client and allow them to kind of push you around the room and just get through it. And I've done that in the past too. Or you can encourage your client to do something different. And I'm here to tell you how many, I can't tell you how many times that I've really pushed my client to, to work through it and to, to show grit and to you know, train their mindset a little bit in situations like that. And then only later on for them to be just like, thanks coach, I appreciate you pushing me through here. I appreciate you getting me through that. I needed that the other day. And, and it always comes out more positive. And, and guess what you do? You get more buy-in from them. They get, they get more encouraged that you can actually help them to move forward. So just something to think about with that one, okay? All right, number seven, coaches secluding themselves from other coaches. I don't care what level you are. I don't know where you come from. I don't know what type of coach you are. You can always learn something from another coach. It doesn't matter how long they've been in the game, except for know-it-alls. It doesn't matter how long they've been in the game or how long they haven't been in the game. You can learn something from somebody at any time, right? And, and, I, and I probably should have built this, um, should have kind of com combined this with like failing to get mentoring, right? Because having somebody who has been at this for a while that can encourage you, that can push you, that can, um, that can just be some unbiased feedback is so valuable. And, it, and it's definitely something that everybody has to do. Everybody has to have a network of people, right? Um, Napoleon Hill calls it your mastermind right? Your group of people that you go to and you bounce ideas off of. Everybody needs one of those things. So as a coach, make sure that you do lean on the shoulders of other coaches and use other coaches to help you to help to, to help push you forward and help grow. Okay. Um, number eight, coaches failing to reflect regularly on their craft. All right. You need to be your toughest, your toughest critic, guys. Um, I, I've always thought of having this mentality of reflecting on what I do and, and judging it and making sure that I'm shining a light on the things that I suck at, the things that um, the, the things that I could improve at and always critiquing myself. What could I have done better here? How could I have responded to that situation? What could I have done better in that programming? How was that conditioning workout not good enough? I'm always looking to improve my craft and there's no such thing as perfection, I know this. But it's not about being perfect. It's just about being better and growing, right? So if we can focus 100% on trying to grow every single day and expand every single day and critiquing everything we do or don't do, imagine what kind of change you can make as a coach over the course of years and months and days and hours. You can literally make change from, you know, if you're a group set, like, I, you know, I coach group sessions all the time. If I'm coaching a group session and I go from one session to the next, what can I improve on from the first session? I can't tell you how many times I've had a warm-up in one session that just wasn't good enough. Or I, I, I really stunk at explaining something in one session only to improve it in the second one. Always critique yourself. Always reflect regularly on yourself. It's the only real way to grow. Okay? All right, number nine. Being too, quote-unquote, clean cut. I think sometimes as coaches, we get too tied to exactly how things should go. 
clients should come in. They should get on a foam roller. They should hop on a, a fan wheel bike. They should go for five minutes. They have to do exactly this amount of time here, this amount of reps here with this sort of techniques. And we, we just hold this impossible standard. But I will tell you that some of the greatest you know sessions I've had and some of the coolest experiences I've had with clients has been in that gray area. Right. And this can really go with anything. Right. Like this can go to your facility. Like maybe you don't have, you know, all the perfect things and you get so wrapped up in having everything so perfect. Live in that gray area. Sometimes, guys, live on the edge a little bit. Allow things to go, allow yourself to go with the flow a little bit more. Sometimes things that, you know, um, you think look great or are going great are actually not in the eyes of other people or your teams or your coaches or, or your clients. Right. And, and sometimes what looks less than perfect is often perfect. And it's always dependent on the situation. So stop being so clean cut. Live more in the gray area. Flow a little bit more. Allow yourself to be more flea and not, uh, a lot more free and not so binary all the time. Okay. Um, number 10. Coaches being a course or certification um, junkie. Right. Um, you know, no matter what like pretty wrapping that people use to describe a new course or a seminar, or this new piece of equipment or this, you know, sweet wearable fitness technology, <clears throat> there's there's like light years and light years worth of information in what we do as coaches. So we have to stop thinking so much about the only way that we can be better as coaches is through chasing these different certifications. Now sure there's value. There's, there's, there's value in continuing to push yourself and expand, but we can't push in ourselves. We can't push ourselves and expand so obsessively that it actually stunts our growth. That we're always chasing that new nugget. That we're always chasing that new thing, thinking that we can't provide a good, a good, uh, a good experience or great results to our clients unless we have this new certification, unless we have this new course. It's so untrue. So think less about chasing a nonstop plethora of courses and certifications and think more about how to maybe to communicate a little deeper about what you already know, about how to get a client to buy in more into what you're trying to coach them versus I can't do X, Y, Z until I get this certification, right? Don't be a certification or a course junkie. Been there, done that, hated it, <laughs> never going back, all right? Number 11, coaching mistake. Expecting too much too soon, all right? I want you to remember this quote that goes 100% in line with this. A great coach may not see his effects of his or her work for months or sometimes even years down the road. Let that sink in for a second. Sometimes the things that you're coaching today may not reflect in your client until years later. I've had clients that I've coached you know, for a period of time and then they leave and they move somewhere and then later something that I did or said to them or, or taught them had an impact, right? It might be something like teaching them a muscle up and then, you know, they were able to teach it. You know, I can't, there's tons of clients that I can think of that ended up becoming coaches later. And some of the things that I taught them how to do, they are teaching later. Maybe that wasn't, there wasn't as much value given to what I taught them then, but later on it came into play. Later on it became a big deal to them. So th this kind of comes in line with we can't always expect what we're doing today to be something that um, we, we can't have these crazy high expectations of people too soon. We need to be patient. We need to know that the good work that we are doing is making a difference. 
Maybe it's not reflected day one. Maybe it's not reflected day 10. Maybe it's not reflected day 90, but it will be reflected over time. And we have to be patient. We have to make sure that we're okay with the changes that we're trying to make, not taking seed right away and not holding that impossible expectation over our client's head. Again, we're coaching with them. We're not just telling them what to do. All right, so just something to remember there. We can't expect too much too soon, okay? Number 12, not asking your clients their opinions. So some of the greatest insights and breakthroughs that, have, that I've come with people have just come through conversations with my clients. And, and, and making sure that I'm not blinded by my own perspective and, and I keep a finger on the pulse of the people that I see every day, right? Sure, I want to make sure that uh, I'm trying to read them and I'm trying to lead them, but I need to engage them regularly and discuss how things are going, right? Something that I do every single day when I either start a session or I get on the phone with a client or, or a personal training session, group session, doesn't matter. The first thing I do every single day is I greet them and I ask them how they are. I do that because I want to feel how they are, right? Imagine if a client comes in and I just kind of start barking orders at them and coaching them through a session versus, hey, how are you today? How are things going? How's your body feeling, right? How was last session? Did you enjoy it? Was that workout tough? And I ask for their perspective on things, right? I've even asked clients like, hey, how am I doing? You enjoying our, our, you know, you enjoying our sessions? Like, you know, is there anything I can do better? Right? We do this thing at the gym called the 30, 60, 90 check back. This kind of goes right in line with that, right? Every 30, 60, so there's this book I read. Uh, I forget the author off the top of my head right now, but there's this book called How to, how to Lose a Client in the First, um, the first 100 Days. And, uh, or sorry, it was called Never Lose a Client Again, How to Keep a Client, um, How to Keep a Client Forever. Over the, I, I'm butchering the title, but uh, I'll try to maybe post it in the show notes. But essentially it talks about how if you can build a long-lasting relationship with a person in the first 90 to 100 days, they'll stay with you forever, right? And sure, there's, there's some psychology to that, but um, the first, you know, essentially for us, what we do the first 90 days are so critical in making sure that we make lifelong members. I've got members that have been with me for six, seven years almost. I've got clients that I've been coaching remotely who were with me when I ran my business um, back when our, our, our first location was in Virginia. And, you know, and now here we are in Washington and these people still want to be coached by me. And, and, it, and it's purely built off of I gained their trust significantly in the first 90 days. So for us, we actually check on clients every 30 and 60, 90 days with a face to face, an email or a phone call. My staff does it. I do it. We go up to them. We just simply ask them questions like, hey, how are we doing? What can we do better? What do you like? What do you not like? What's something you would love to see? You know, and we ask these leading questions because we want them to lead us to where we can be better for them. We can produce a better, higher quality service and product for them so that they always come back. They tell their friends about it and everybody knows. I always talk about, I want our gyms to blot out the sun. I want, you know, our gyms to be in the conversation so much to where you have to come and you have to see what your friends are talking about. You have to hear about those coaches, right? And that's something that we obsessively chase. So make sure that you ask your clients their opinions and, and ask questions to essentially paint yourself a roadmap as to how you can be a better coach and leader to them, okay? All right, last thing, and this is a huge one, guys. This is one that I make, I, I, I made, I make to this day that I'm currently working on, and that's taking things too, per, too uh, personally, taking things too personally. We like to think that everybody's about us, when in reality, guys, nobody really cares, right? Uh, it's not, nobody wakes up worrying about Cody, 
promise you. The only person, and that's not a negative thing, it's a positive thing because nobody thinks up, wakes up in the morning and they're like, well, how can I, you know, how can I think of, you know, how can I um, make Cody feel terrible or less important today? Nobody does that. I do that, right? So for you guys out there, we can't take, you know, especially when it comes to the previous one where I'm talking about getting feedback and stuff like that. Some, you know, there's been some times that I've heard some things that I didn't like very much that were hard to listen to, but you know what it did is it helped me to grow as a person. So for you guys out there, make sure that when you are asking for feedback or, or any of those things, number one, you can't take it personally. But number two, know that nobody's thinking about you as much as you're thinking about you. Nobody's thinking negatively about you all the time the way that you think they do. It's not the first thing they wake up when they do every day. So we have to let these thoughts go of thinking that we're getting judged all the time and that people are feeling a certain way about us. Or if you do hear a comment, a lot of times it can be very lighthearted. It's not something to, to personally attack you on. So we can't take things too per or too personally here, guys. So um, those are just kind of, you know, some mistakes that I wrote down that I see a lot of coaches make. Um, I hope that that's helpful for you. And I hope that that's something that, you know, you were kind of taking notes as we go through it. And, and, and out of those things, like what mistake can you just start to get just a little bit better on? Right. We're not expecting perfection. We're not expecting for you to make these big, huge changes today. But like, what's one thing you can do just a little bit better? What's one of those mistakes that you can start to improve on? You know, it can be any any of those things. Just pick one, write it down, make it a little bit better, and then move on to the next one. Okay. So that's the 13 mistakes that I see. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, thanks so much for spending some time with me today, and we'll see you on the next show. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I release episodes every single week. You can find me at Coach Cody Smith in the gym at Virtuous Fitness WA on Instagram to stay up to date with all things Virtuous Fitness. Before you go, head over to iTunes and give this show a rating and review. That is how we grow this show and make it even more impactful for you. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.